This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD-FM and Real Country 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in and shining on today. Did you know there's a new internet? Have you heard of blockchain? We have a brilliant expert to explain how the creator of Bitcoin's virtual ledger can help us all. If I can understand this, anybody can. But first, what's the one big thing in your life you wish you could change, but you just ignore it? You probably don't even want to think about it. David Essel is here to help us along the road to self-love and self-mastery. Focus is his new book, and love is the key. You know, love is the key, but it comes first. And this is the biggest surprise, Casey, for most people. It comes first, not with loving another, but it's self-love. Profound self-love is the key to the most incredible life that we could ever live. And so many times we get caught up with all of the women's magazines and romance novels and blogs and posts talking about love is the answer. But it's usually referring, Casey, to love with someone else. But what we found in 40 years of being in the world of personal growth, that the most profound and important form of love is the love of self. And so many people think they do it, and they say they do love themselves, but it's a rarity in the world today to find someone who truly does love themselves. Agreed. Agreed. This is the platform that I stand on, too. This is what I teach as well when I'm out there teaching things. So how do we get people to really fall in love with themselves? Well, first, we have to break denial, you know, and and we have to break justification, and we have to break rationalization, and we have to look in the mirror, and and I, I give my clients this exercise. I just say, strip down, completely naked, get nude, stand in the mirror, and see what it is that you love about yourself. See what it is that you love about your body now. 70% of Americans are overweight, so the very first thing that they want to do is say, there's no way I'm going to do that because I can't accept my body the way it is. I wear clothes to hide parts of my body. And what we're saying is profound self-love isn't just saying I love my body and not doing anything with it, but it's looking in the mirror for that which you do appreciate. It might be your eyes, it might be your smile, it might be your muscles, whatever it might be. But that's the first step is to sort of get comfortable with ourselves in the current state. Because hey, you know what? So many times people say, I'll be happy when. They lose the weight, they make the money, they find the love, the blood, whatever it might be. And we're saying, this is the time to start right now with profound self-love. Start it with this exercise in the mirror, blow your mind, and it will, because so many of us have been trained when we're standing naked in the mirror to look at what's wrong with our body. So what we're saying is, we wanna get off that, I'll be happy when. And as Eckhart Tolle so said, said, said it so well in his book, The Power of Now, is that in this moment that you and I are talking, Casey, and our listeners are with us, this is all we have. This is all we're guaranteed is this very moment. So if we can start to look at exercises like the simple one I just gave and begin to slow down and quit 
fantasizing about how great the future is going to be and learn to come into love with ourselves right now, we will then create the future we want. But it's not going to be the future we want if we keep saying, when I lose the weight, when I make the money, I'll love myself more deeply. It starts right now. And this is a tough exercise. Mm I'm not saying it's easy. It's tough, but it's worth it. Yes, and it's tough to love yourself after you make a mistake or tough to love yourself after you, you know, you totally blow a chance at something. But those are the times, too, where you have to dig deep and lift yourself up, yes? Yeah, and Casey, the other thing, too, those points you just gave are awesome, is that, you know, step one in regards to a a resentment against self or uh, an anger against self for mistakes we made is to really look at those examples and say, what could I have done differently? Like, we don't want to just throw them underneath the carpet and say, okay, 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 I made mistakes in the past. We want to bring them out, write about them. Actually, we we believe the key to personal growth and self-love is to write about these things that you and I are discussing right now and to say, okay, I made an error, you know, whether it's two days ago or 20 years ago. Let me write about it and what would I do differently next time? That's an act of self-love. And then we follow that up with forgiveness. You know, we need to be able to forgive ourselves for the errors we've made. And when we get into this routine of this is what I'll do next time when I'm in a relationship and X happens, this'll, this is what I'm going to do next time when I get a bonus at work and instead of spending it at Saks Fifth Avenue, I'm going to do this with it. We, we need to look at that whole thing with self-love. And, and, and one other really huge key to self-love, because self-love is not a thought process, it's an action process. So you can tell yourself all day long with your ridiculous affirmations how much you love yourself, but if you smoke or overeat, if you do drugs to escape reality, if you're a workaholic, if you're an emotionally abuser, you know, like these are things we need to look at to remove because there's no one in the world that will ever convince me that they love themselves when they have addictions or dependencies going on. That's the exact opposite of Mm self-love. Got it. Got it. When you love yourself, you treat yourself really, really well. Hey, David Essel, what is, on page 62 of your book, Focus, uh, the one thing theory? Oh, gosh, this is so different, Casey. So, you know, from 1980 to 1996, when I started in 1980, up until 1996, we used to teach a lot of the opposite things that you and I are talking about now. And we used to, I mean, I used to have affirmations about how much I loved myself. And then I realized, because I was addicted to alcohol at that time, that that was a complete lie. Mm. And what you all used to teach from 1980 to 1996 is that when you want to accomplish a major goal in life, go after something that will excite you. Now, listen to how oxymoronic we, we teach now. Before, we used to say, what is it that you want to do financially with your body, with relationships? Let's get excited. Let's go ahead and create an action plan to do it, which all sounds great. But there's a problem, and the problem is this. The key to personal freedom is to go after the one goal right now. And I'm going to slow down because this is so important. To go after the one goal right now that you've denied, delayed, and procrastinated going after. Now, it sounds oxymoronic because most people go, you know, I want to make a million dollars a year. I don't want to look at this addiction I have. I don't want to look at this crap relationship I have. I don't want to look at my terrible attitude. I don't want to look at anything negative, David. I want to think positively. But here's where the truth sets in. In 1996, we created the One Thing Theory. 
And the one thing theory states that at any given time in life, there's only one goal to go after if you radically want to change your life. It's the one you've denied, delayed, procrastinated. It's the goal you don't want to go after. It's the one you keep procrastinating, pushing away, putting underneath the carpet. We have our heads in the sand. But if you are willing to get the strength and the perseverance to go after that, is it your weight? Is it constant money challenges? Is it one damned relationship after another? Is it a terrible career choice that you just haven't gotten yourself into a position to get out of? You hate going to work. When you attack your one thing, Casey, when you finally look in the mirror and get out of denial, your life will radically change because when you do that tough goal, that one really tough goal right away, your self-esteem, your self-confidence, and your self-worth all go through the roof. But if you do what most of us do and you pick up a book that says, you know, think this way and earn a million dollars or, you know, all that law of attraction nonsense, that isn't going to get you what you want. But... If you're willing to, and many times you have to hire someone to help you, if you're willing to go after that addiction, that money challenge, the constant relationship stress, and attack it head on, you will come out the other side feeling so much more powerful than trying to create some fantastical goal like earning a million dollars a year. And by, oh, by the way, while that might be a great goal, $80,000 a month is what you have to earn to make a million dollars a year. And Casey, even though I'm one of the most optimistic guys in the world, there's very few people that have the gift, the talent, persistence, the perseverance to find a way to earn $80,000 a month. Yet we have all these ridiculous vision boards and affirmations that we've been telling people to do for years that say, I am a millionaire. Throw that crap out the window. Get real. And first, according to the One Thing 30, when you go after that goal that's the most difficult, you will then radically shatter any type of blocks in your life and you'll move forward with energy, passion, and love. All right, but I'm scared. <laughs> You're scared. I'm scared to do my one thing. Oh, my God. You know, well, I, I mentioned that, I, you know, for years I struggled with addiction, alcohol. Doing the same thing I did right now, I was a raging alcoholic, and I got away with it for years and years and years. The two scariest times in my life, and I understand what you just said, Casey, number one was walking into a treatment center, knowing that I did not have access to any alcohol or drugs for at least 30 days. It really rattled me to the core. I did it, but I was really afraid. And then the second scariest part of my life was coming home after the treatment center 35 days later and being on my own and able to go and drink again if I wanted to, I was petrified that I would. But the greatest thing in the world is, you know, my dad, who's 91 and he's really sick right now, but he has told my brother for years and years and years that with all the success that I've had with money and books and blah, 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 that he is most proud of my accomplishment of years and years of sobriety. Was it scary? Yes, just like what you said. Was it worth it? Oh my God, yes. And it will be for, for you, Casey, and it will be for all of our listeners as well. Yeah, all right. I, I, that's so great, that story about your dad. But let me just ask you one final question about the one thing. Is everybody's one thing a negative, like something they have to fix, or could it just be a great big goal they want to go after? Well, you know, most of us think that we've got our life pretty well together because of denial. If you were to ask the, the average person on the street, 
you know, what goal have you denied, delayed, procrastinated? What goal don't you want to go after? Most people won't be honest, even though they're 200 pounds overweight. They could be sitting there, you know, in their fifth marriage or their, and say, well, this is just the way love rolls. It's just the way it is in life. I, I don't think that there's many of us that don't have something that we've tried to push away. There was a client a number of years ago who was in a terrible relationship, and her and her husband came in, and I asked them what they argued about all the time, and it was money, constantly arguing about money. And when we dug down deeper, the biggest issue was that she had not filed her tax returns for 10 years, and the IRS was all over her constantly. And that created stress within the marriage. So they came in saying, we need to learn how to communicate better. And when I found the truth, I said, no, you need to clean up your back taxes first and watch the relationship heal. And that's exactly what happened. When they took care of that thing they didn't want to, their personal relationship went to a whole new level. Got it. All right. Where do we go for more information? Oh, my gosh. All of your listeners, come on over to our website, talkdavid.com, T-A-L-K-David.com. We have a free audio meditation for relaxation. We have a brand new program. Well, I shouldn't say brand new. It's been out a couple of years right now. But, Casey, where your listeners can sign up and get a free daily inspirational video Monday through Friday. Just go to talkdavid.com, look for David Essel's Daily Video Boost. It'll say free, and when they sign up, they can get a video a day to inspire them to greater success, Casey. David Essel, are you thinking about your one thing? Interesting stuff, right? David is always a lot of fun. Hi there, it's Casey. I thank you for listening to Shine On, the inspirational podcast. I hope you can follow it and like it and rate it, make a comment if you like. I happen to share my thought of the day every day at Casey.co if you're interested. That's where you can sign up for the two spiritual summer weekends. I've got one in July and another in August. One by the river, one up in the mountains. And if you need an inspiring speaker for your next event, I'd love to be that too. In fact, I've got an inspiring event April 11th in Croton. Find out more at Casey.co. Now you are about to hear a miracle. A kind and intelligent journalist is going to spoon feed me news of the latest technology on the internet, blockchain. Stephen Williams is the author, and he is so good, I think I almost get it. Where do we start? Well, I think we start with the idea that blockchain is a foundational um, technology that is going to underlie a lot of different uh, software built for different organizations in the future. Okay. So now, say that again in English. (laughs) Uh, Well, basically, uh, blockchain is a system, it's a ledger that lets people build um, apps on top of it that will have influences over all types of things that we do from running our supply chain in our businesses to protecting our data from the giant companies that are constantly harvesting our information like Facebook and Google. So like the average person at home, how will this affect me? So the great thing about uh, blockchain is that it is very complicated to understand, but the average person doesn't really have to understand the the technology itself. What they need to know is what it might do in their lives going forward into the future. So you will use 
uh, blockchain in the background. It will be part of different applications that you use. Just like right now when you use Spotify, you're using different applications that built it. I see. So blockchain is going to be, be behind everything that we're doing on the Internet. Yes. So people are predicting that this is the uh, new Internet, the new distributed Internet. And it won't be something where you have to sign on to a blockchain every morning or even know that you're using a blockchain. But it will be running there and it will affect you. Now, if you're the leader of a business or a charitable organization or you own a small farm, you might want to understand more about blockchain in order to figure out how to use it in your business or your life. Well, let's go there. Let's talk about the small business owner right now who wants to keep track of inventory and things like that. This isn't as if we go to blockchain.com, right? No, you don't go to blockchain.com. What you would need to do is partner with uh, with someone who does have the uh, software and the technology. Companies like IBM and many, many others are uh, working very hard in this area. Now, what about you? As a journalist and author, do you use it? Yeah, so I use it in terms of buying. The other day I bought um, two pieces of art on the blockchain using cryptocurrency. This was a a film made by a a video artist named Eve Ensler, and um, she broke up one of her videos into 2,000 different pieces, and I bought three of those pieces, and they're stored on my computer right now. Wow. Yeah, so... It has interesting applications in art for being able to track the provenance of art so that uh, right now there's so much counterfeit art. If you were to go forward in the world and, and each artist registered their new creation on a blockchain, it would be very easy to determine in the future whether a piece of art was actually made by that artist or not, and thus whether it was valuable or not. Another thing is there's a, a website called Dada.NYC here in New York that um, lets people create art on the internet, a basic web interface that anyone could understand. But they can also then, each piece of art is given a, a code that certifies it as the first version of that artwork, and it can later be sold. Okay. Now, will will museums get involved with this as well? Is it just for private artists? No, I'm sure museums would will use it uh, to track the provenance of their their paintings, the history of their paintings, also to organize their collections. It's a it's a data uh, source. It's a ledger, basically, an updated version of the old green books that maybe your grandparents used to record uh, the sale of a tractor or pennies put away for a rainy day. And so uh, companies like companies and museums could use it to um, keep track of their data. There's a great um, add-on to blockchain. Uh, some of the blo- blockchains called the smart contract, which is basically uh, like a contract we have today, but only it's it's run and fulfilled in a robotic manner, meaning that no people have to be involved. If the stipulations of the contract are fulfilled, then the smart contract will know it and will release the payment to the other person. Wow. Who invented this? Well, blockchain in various forms has been around since the 60s, but what we're talking about now was invented in uh, 2008 by a a mysterious unknown person named Satoshi who called himself Satoshi Nakamoto. He invented Bitcoin and he used blockchain as the foundation to track all the coins because you can't have a Bitcoin dangling, jangling in your pocket. You can't hold it. It's always digital. There had to be a way to track exactly who owned it and where each Bitcoin was. 
so they couldn't be spent twice. That's where blockchain was originally used in a widespread way, and then people realized, oh, wow, this is um, so amazing. We could use it in supply chains. We could use it to record land titles. We could, Walmart is using it to track the movement of lettuce so that if a if someone gets a tainted batch of lettuce that makes people sick, rather than having to tell half the United States not to eat lettuce, they can just track that particular batch down to its source, and they can tell people, don't buy the lettuce that has this number on the label. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay, it's starting to make sense. And and how else do you see it affecting us in the future? Well, for me, the biggest, the biggest uh, and most relatable uh, concept, I think, for blockchain is that it will give us the chance to have a protected private identity as we move around the world, especially in the digital world. And this sovereign identity will allow us to control the data that we release. Right now, we basically are like crops in a field, and Amazon and Google and Facebook come along and harvest all of our products, which is data. Data is basically the new oil. It's a commodity. It's worth tons of money. And I think that blockchain technology and a new distributed internet will allow us to control our data in, in pretty profound ways. What's this going to cost me? Uh, it doesn't cost you anything to join a blockchain right now. That's a miraculous thing of the distributed system. As far as the cost to Walmart to develop a blockchain to track lettuce, it's expensive. For uh, Maersk Shipping to develop a blockchain to help their supply chain, it's, it's expensive. They have to hire developers and architects and people to do all of the work. But um, it's, it's, it's not, um, I don't think it's going to affect the average consumer in any kind of monetary way. All right. So if it actually I, might reduce, reduce costs, honestly. How would it reduce costs? Well, if if you're if you're uh, let's say the case of Maersk shipping, they say that uh, right now shipping a container of flowers from South Africa to Holland requires over 200 different documents. If they're able to streamline that and cut out a lot of the middle people who make a profit at each step along the way of filling out those documents, that should make the end, end product cheaper, the flowers cheaper. Wow, brilliant! All right, so if I want to protect my data with blockchain, what do I do. Right now, there's not a lot a lot you would do. I would say that it's not user-friendly yet. We're at the very early stages of blockchain technology. You could go online and uh, look at a thing called Uport, there are, or just look up Sovereign Identity, and there are, you know, there are different applications you can download. But I would compare the, where we are with blockchain right now to where we were in about 1995. When I remember seeing a big URL, the code, uh, you know, the internet code, World Wide Web code uh, on the side of a bus, and I looked at it and it's HTTP www, and I had no idea what that was. So, and then look at all the changes that happened after that. So, right now we're at that same stage with uh, blockchain technology. This is thrilling. You know, I watch Silicon Valley. Do you know that? Mm-hmm. sitcom right, they TV had a show. great episode about it. Did they really? I haven't seen it yet, but, but you know, they said they were going to make a new internet, right? That's what this feels like. Well, that's exactly what they were talking about, yeah. You see? That's what they were talking about. I've yeah. had no idea what we were talking about, but I feel like I've learned uh-huh. so much. 
Great. No, I'm, I'm happy to help. And my book I wrote to uh, make it for a general audience and make it an enjoyable book with lots of stories so that people could kind of experience what blockchain might be in their lives rather than trying to slog through a lot of technical information. We thank you for that. Blockchain, the next everything. Stephen P. Williams, where can we go to find out more? You can go to stephenpwilliams.com, Stephen with a PH, or you can go to the next everything.net. Isn't that cool? Stephen Williams. Williams blockchain. Follow him. You'll learn a lot. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you for shining on today. I hope you'll join me April 11th for a free evening of inspiration in Croton. Details at Casey.co. And we have two summer spiritual weekends planned for you. One in July in Marriondale, the other in August at Graymore. Marriondale, we've got a pool, we've got a river view. Graymore, we've got the Appalachian Trail and a mountain view that is just incredible. Grab your girlfriends and make a date or come by yourself. You will leave with new friends. Summer Spiritual Weekends, kacey.co has more. Thanks again for listening. And next week, we have Dr. William Lee. He's got a new book called Eat to Beat Disease. It's big and beautiful, and it finally makes good sense. You're going to love Dr. Lee and his book that's coming up next week and a few other surprises, too. But now it's time for our thought for the day. And it's from the actor Bradley Whitford. I had to check twice to make sure this was really from him. It's such an incredible quote. He said, infuse your life with action. Don't wait for it to happen. Make it happen. Make your own future. Make your own hope. Make your own love. And whatever your beliefs, honor your creator. Not by passively waiting for grace to come down from upon high, but by doing what you can to make grace happen yourself right now, down here on earth. Shine on. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show for your entertainment only. Heard Sunday mornings on 100.7 WHUD and on Real Country's 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Subscribe to Shine On on iTunes and SoundCloud and catch a show anytime at Casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Shine On.